Let us pray together. Oh God, you've brought us here tonight uh, to this beginning of a holy season. Uh, the season of Lent, a time of preparation, a time of examination, a time of just searching our hearts and being reminded of the great love that you have for us. So bless us, we pray. May we hear you calling us. May our ears be open to hear your voice. May our hearts be open and to hear your calling. And Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Ashes. Ashes. What comes to mind when you think about ashes? You know, we don't really have a whole lot to do with ashes today. Um, people used to have fireplaces. Some of you still may have fireplaces and you have to take the ashes out. I grew up in a part of our country where a lot of people burned coal as a form of, of heat and boiling water, and so those ashes had to be tended to. Some people can remember having a trash pile and burning that trash, and again, having to deal with those ashes. I think about how people used to smoke <laughs> a lot more than they do today. Cigarette smoking, as I was growing up, was more acceptable, and a lot of people did that. Uh, my father smoked for years while I was growing up, and people would smoke in restaurants, and people would smoke in their homes, and anywhere you went, the movie theaters, wherever, people would smoke. And because they did that, people had ashtrays. Do you remember ashtrays? I have it in my hand. I know most of you won't be able to see it, but a special ashtray. You know, they used to have ashtrays that were like souvenirs when you went places, and they'd have pictures of the place, or maybe they were cut in a certain fashion or something. This has images from uh, the World's Fair in New York, 1964, 1965, that when I was a young boy, I went to that World's Fair, and I still have uh, this souvenir ashtray from there. You know, ashtrays were all over again. They were in restaurants, they were at your tables, you know, and um, when you went bowling, they were there at the bowling alley. In your homes, people had ashtrays all around um, their houses as well. But today is called Ash Wednesday. And these ashes we're going to talk about have a special meaning and a special significance for us. And I want us just to take some moments to consider uh, the significance of these ashes and what they represent for us. For one thing, these ashes represent our own mortality. Uh, they remind us that uh, about death. It's not something we like to talk about, is it? It's something that makes us uncomfortable, and indeed, the season of Lent, and perhaps even this night, is a little bit uncomfortable. 
but that's okay. You see, ever since the fall, death has been a part of our human experience. God warned Adam and Eve about the forbidden fruit. If you eat it, you will die. And because they did, that curse is now upon all of us descendants of Adam. That includes you. <laughs> that includes me. In Genesis 3.19, as God kind of declared the curse that came because of eating the forbidden fruit, he said to the man, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Ooh, uncomfortable, isn't it? Most of us, if not all of us, have experienced the death of a loved one, and we also know that one day, the day will come when we will die as well. Indeed, our lives are relatively short when we consider the history of the world and put it in that context. And then even if we put it in the context of eternity, very, very short. Indeed, James tells us that our life is like a vapor or a mist. James 4.14, he says, why, you don't even know what is going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, and then it vanishes. How many of you remember the movie Cool Running? The Jamaican bobsled team, and I love the one scene when they first go to this cold climate. And one of them is breathing, and they see this mist coming out and says, Hey, Simca, what are you smoking, man? <laughs> I'm not smoking, I'm breathing. The vapor, the mist would come out, and then it would dissipate. That's how our life is. It's just here momentarily, and then it is gone. We are here for a moment, and gone the next. In Romans, the sixth chapter, the 23rd verse, for the wages of sin is death. Jesus talked about the beauty of the lilies of the fields. You remember on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, I tell you, even Solomon and all his splendor wasn't like those, but they're here for a moment and then they are burned in the fire and they are gone. You see, these ashes that I hold in my hand at one time were living palm branches. And they were cut last year from the tree and then we brought them here to the church and they were waved about on Palm Sunday. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then those palms were dried and they were burned and sifted, and that is the ash that we have before us. But at one time, they were living, living branches on a tree. Death comes to all of us, but death does not have the last word. 
death does not have the last word. Second thing about these ashes, as they are placed on our head or our hand, they remind us of our need for humility and repentance. Now, repentance is more than confessing our sins. It is turning away from our sin and turning toward God. Repentance is necessary if we're to deal with the problem of sin. And repentance begins with humility, humbly recognizing that we all are sinners and we all need to confess our sin. Now, especially in the Old Testament, people would put ashes on their head or they would place it in actually in a pile of ashes as a sign of humility and penitence. Also put on sackcloth, itchy, uncomfortable sackcloth, a reminder as a sign of the repentance. Fasting was also a sign of the repenting and turning to God. And that's exactly what the people of Nineveh did after Jonah preached to them. I love this story. You know, Jonah, of course, didn't want to go at first, but then he goes to Nineveh and he preaches. And it says, when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, he took off his royal robes and covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. And this is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people... Our animals, herds, our flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. But let people and animals be covered with sackcloth and let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn his fierce anger, his fierce anger so that we will not perish. I have a problem seeing these chickens running around in little burlap bags. I don't know. Or how exactly you put sackcloth on a cow. But anyway, they all repented from the people to the animals. And God heard them. And he relented and did not destroy them. Which, of course, disturbed Jonah to no end. Hmm. John the Baptist began his ministry with a call to repentance. Repent! The kingdom of God is at hand. And as people came out to be baptized to them, this is what he said, Luke 3, 8 through 11, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And the people said, what should we do then? John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share it with the one who has none. Anyone who has food should do the same. And he told the tax collectors not to collect more than they were called to and the soldiers to be content with their wages. Show fruit of your repentance. And then Jesus came along with that same message. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. John said we need to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. That's what Lent is about. Preparing our hearts for the coming of the Lord and the sacrifice that is going to be made on our behalf. So... What would true repentance look like in your life? What are you willing to do during this season of Lent to prepare your heart for the gift of the Lord's? And finally, the ashes are placed on your forehead or on your hand in the form of a cross to remind us that this day and this season points to something else. It points to something greater, something far more wonderful. 
You see, part of the good news that Jesus and his followers preached is that from death comes life. From death comes life. Now, we know that when plants and animals die, they pave the way for new life to come. A tree that falls in the forest soon begins to decay, and new life begins to sprout from its remains. Even after a devastating fire, new life begins to emerge from the ashes. One of the early symbols of the Christian faith was the phoenix, a mythical bird that would be consumed by fire and then would be reborn out of the ashes reminding us of our life of faith. Jesus spoke to Martha and to Mary about this new resurrected life following the death of, resurrection, uh, the death of Lazarus. In John 10, 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die now. Isn't it amazing Jesus said that before his death? And before his resurrection, I am the resurrection and I am the life. From death will come life. Even though a person should die, yet shall they live. Jesus called himself the good shepherd and he said he came to lay down his life for the sheep. Why? So that we might have life and have it to the full. So our focus, our goal during the season of Lent is the cross and the victory that follows on Easter morning. We need this time to prepare our hearts for this great act of compassion and mercy, this great act of salvation. The cross reminds us that from death comes life, and the only way to find life is through death. Jesus said, whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake We'll find it. May this be a time for us to find ways to lose our life so that ultimately we may find life in him. Hear that again. May this be a time for us to find ways to lose our life so that ultimately we may find life in him. In a little while, you're going to be invited to come forward and to receive the ashes May you remember that they are a reminder of our mortality, a sign of our humility and repentance, and a symbol that points to the cross and the victory of life over death. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, let us pray. God, we thank you again for this holy time to come and to remember that from death comes life to Remind us, oh God, that we all are sinners and how we need to humble ourselves in your presence so that we can receive the gift of your salvation, the victory that is ours on Easter morning. But first, we must face the cross. First, we must prepare our hearts and our lives. So may we now be called to this holy season of Lent and prepare for the greatest gift ever given, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.